Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. This is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. Hey guys, welcome back to The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard. And this week we have an incredibly inspirational, wonderful woman with us, Abigail Pugh, who I love dearly. Not only because she's incredibly kind, but I see a lot of myself in her. She has a lot of qualities that I really, really admire. She's the kind of person who trusted me so fully when we first met that she hit the ground running She focused on the long-term commitment, even though the short-term was uncomfortable, and her results and payout has been astronomical. Not only will you completely fall in love with her because she's incredible, but she's also what it looks like to have what I call an every man's business versus, you know, what I've been loud about lately, aka a luxury business. Abigail's one of those people who isn't trying to say you have to sell something for $5,000 and $40,000 and wear buttoned up suits and look perfect every day. Abigail, to me, is really an incredible example. And I think all of you should follow her because she's very similar to me in the sense that we show up fully as we are with very, very affordable priced services. And it's going to blow your mind when you hear the kind of success that she's having in her business because it's just so incredible. I'm so proud of her and I'm so happy to see it all coming together for her, especially because what you're going to find out is that Abigail really had a lot working against her. You know, she had a rough time and figured it out in a beautiful way. I'm stumbling over my words because I don't want to give away the story and I want to just lead into the episode, but she's such an admirable woman and really, really, if you you know, if you take anything from this, I hope the takeaway is that you see somebody who committed to the long term instead of the short term wins and that she did it in a way that felt authentic to her. She followed truly a set of rules that doesn't ever stop working. And I love to see it. So fall in love with Abigail Pugh with me. She's so incredible. And I hope that you learn a thing or two along the way. Welcome back to The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and we have the lovely Abigail Pugh with us here today, who is a member of The Doers, but also just such an inspiration to me. And I'm really excited for you to hear more about her, her story, her business that she's built. So let's just give a round of applause for Abigail. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I wonder if I should say welcome back to the podcast because we actually (laughs) recorded this once already and had a little bit of a glitch on our end. So we have to re-record. But Abigail is such a trooper that she is re-recording because she wants you all to hear about her business. I want you to hear about her business. But Abigail, I want to hear, obviously, like the whole thing. The reason I want you on the podcast more than anything is that your story to me is just wild. 
I want people to hear the like started from the bottom. Now we're here version of the story, because to me, I think it's such a testament to resilience and hope and hard work. Why don't we just like dive in? Why don't we hear a little bit about like the where we were and how we got here? Yeah. So it's crazy. It's like feels like a different lifetime ago where I was even just a year and a half ago or a year ago. But for those of you that don't know me, my name is Abigail and I got started in the online space many, many years ago, but I always worked for other people. Like I kind of made myself think that being a right-hand man was all I could ever do because I was really good at it. And I was kind of always afraid to go all in on myself, even though I know I have the skills and I've, you know, worked for like multi-million dollar brands. I've helped people scale their businesses to over a million dollars. Like I've done so much, but I never truly believed in myself. And then last spring, my husband had two strokes. And at the time I was doing UGC and like freelancing and all these like little things that, you know, helped pay the bills, but nothing crazy. And my husband had a stroke because we had all these medical bills. You just glazed over like a massively traumatic experience while, and you had a, a baby you at the trauma. time, right? You glazed over it. Yeah. You, you had an, an, a baby, I, I believe, right? Like an infant. Yeah, my daughter was just about to turn two. Okay. Okay. I thought she was much younger. Okay. No. I mean, she's yeah, still yeah. So young. That's yeah. a lot to manage. Well, yeah, definitely. And she's home with us full time. Like she doesn't go to daycare or anything. And, you know, she's like a COVID baby. So she's been home with us the entire time. So, a toddler, yeah. you're working a full-time job. You're like making ends meet. Your husband yeah. has a stroke. Thankfully, he's okay now and everything, you know, but yeah. he has a stroke. That pressure has to be astronomical. Yeah, it was definitely not pressure that anybody else put on me. I definitely put it on myself, but sure. the bills were just insane. And there was like, of course, all these things that we weren't supposed to pay for that we ended up having to pay for. Like we, when I took him to the hospital that night and Ch like I, my Charlie and I were there with him. We checked him in and they were like, oh, well, we don't have the doctors to like know anything else. Like we know he had strokes. That's all we know, but we needed to transfer him. And I was there and I said, hey, like if he's okay to be transferred in our car, can I just take him? And they were like, no, because the hospital is the one at fault for not having the doctors, like we'll pay for the ambulance. And I should have gotten it in writing. I should have gotten it recorded. I didn't. And we had to end up paying. It was like three something, 3000 something that insurance didn't cover because the hospital was like, had no idea what we were talking about when we called and said, hey, they said they would cover this. So lots of like little things that added up to just so many medical bills and we had a great community that really helped support us during that time, but we had to relocate. We moved from Colorado to Idaho to be near my mom to get help. Like we didn't really know what the recovery would be like. Like I have a few friends that are like speech pathologists and like kind of in the world of helping people after they've had a stroke. And so many of them were like, it's either like they heal fully or they're never the same again. Oh my um, God. Like, yeah. like we didn't know. And like, Thank God he has made almost a full recovery. Like every once in a while, he'll have some weird like brain connection things where he just like feels a little nauseous, but like he can be with my daughter. He can drive like all of the things that we were kind of like, is this what's going to happen? We don't know. So it was so freaking stressful yeah. and just kind of like, okay, like I need to decide what I'm going to do. So, you know, I do what everyone else does when they're under stress. And I started the TikTok without telling anybody. You're like, why don't I just expose myself to the internet for everybody's opinions? Well, actually, before I started the TikTok, you guys, I had a call with Ashley, someone, I don't even remember who sent me your way. 
But someone was like, you need to, you know, to like learn from her. So I had like a free discovery call. And I still remember the park that I had to go to so that my daughter would sleep in the stroller so I could have this call with Ashley because I was solo parenting. Like my husband was recovering. I remember where I was when we took this call. Like it's the wildest thing. And now when we go back to this park, I just like feel so much like, oh my God, my life changed. But all that to say, I had a free call with Ashley. And at the time, I had been doing UGC for like five years. And if you guys don't know, that is user-generated content. Very popular on TikTok now. But we didn't really call ourselves UGC creators. Like I just had been creating content for brands. And Ashley told me on this call, she's like, you need to get on TikTok and you need to teach people all about UGC because they're like, it's blowing up right now. And like, I told her she was crazy. I was like, there's no way. Like, that's ridiculous. Nobody wants to learn that from me. And I bit my tongue. And foot and mouth, she was right. I started my TikTok in, I think it was like the end of June of 2022 and launched my first UGC related digital product in August. In August, I had a $10,000 month and it has not slowed down since. You're humble and you're really like holding back how astronomical your growth is. I mean, we're seeing like $80,000 months, $100,000 months, like your business is catapulted. But what's crazy is that I see you as such a testament to you. You only see what you know. And this is kind of the benefit of working in a community like the doers and like a membership or hiring a mentor or even just making business friends, because you originally on the discovery call, you were like, how can I take less clients and make more money so that I can get out of the business? Mm -hmm. And what happened is I was like, I see the entire map. You only see the steps in front of you. And so if anybody is feeling like they don't know a way forward or they don't know how to get out of what they're doing. Sometimes it just takes a different perspective. You have permission to try this other thing. And and you did. You got right into TikTok. You like you were like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I saw you posting like three to five videos a day nonstop. And, you know, I do want to talk about that because your business has catapulted, like I said, you know, and I'll say it for you in case you don't feel comfortable, you know, so and I want to dive into to all of that. But Getting into TikTok, I hear a lot of hesitation, you know, and I think the algorithm on TikTok is prime for growth, where the TikTok or the Instagram algorithm is kind of prime for nurture. So it's really nice to go on TikTok for building business or building a brand or building kind of speed and momentum behind you. But it's daunting. You know, it's a new space. There's shared language. There's new inside jokes. When you got onto TikTok, were you feeling any of that? Every single day, you guys, I literally felt so out of place, right? Like I'm in my 30s. People on TikTok are young. They're hip. They know all these inside things. And I'm very like self-aware. So I knew I could master the platform, but I literally studied people. Like I Mm -hmm. found creators that I loved their vibe and I studied. You should see the screenshots on my phone of people just like studying why something was working, why everyone seemed to have like a fan going above their videos. Like, and like, there's a reason for all of it, right? Like there's like distractions that people put in their videos on purpose to get you to watch longer. And I just, I was so nervous, but I had to just fully like throw myself in there. And I did, I was posting like three to five times a day, more so to just figure out the platform. Like I'm someone that learns on my feet. I don't want to buy like a guide on how to start a TikTok. I want to learn the platform myself. And I think that's something that's very unique about me. I think a lot of people want every step laid out for them. And I do think that having like blueprints or like someone helping you like guide you, like I never would have been here without you. You helped me so much, but like 
the technicalities of things, I like to learn on my own. And I encourage people to do that because you will never learn the same from reading as you will from doing. And people are so scared of that. So I did post three to five times a day and I did grow very, very quickly. And then that account, this is another story for another day, but that account got banned from some troll that didn't like me. And I started over and I grew it even quicker. And it's like, had I not learned everything myself and really just dove in and posted three to five times a day, learned what the algorithm liked, learned what people liked. The second time around, I would have been screwed. Whereas the second time around, I grew to 90,000 followers in, I think, like three months instead of five. Like I did it so much quicker because I knew what I was doing. And it's scary to start a new platform. But TikTok is, in my opinion, a great place to start a brand. I don't think you need to like get on TikTok and be that active for the rest of your life. It's really not sustainable either. But like I built my brand there and then I transitioned and kind of created omnipresence on other apps as well. But getting started there, there was just like less pressure too. Instagram, I feel like there's a lot of pressure because like your friends and family are on there too. Whereas TikTok is still like, there's a lot of people still not on TikTok. So you're kind of able to just like create your new persona and start fresh and just like get your feet wet on TikTok. And that's exactly what I did. You know, it's so wild though, because you had... With all due respect, you had every reason to make an excuse. I have a full-time job or I have clients or I have my daughter or I'm making good money. Because you were making decent money. You know, you were working far too much, but you were making decent money as a UGC creator for mm-hmm. brand. You know, so you had all of these reasons to not do it. And yet you did anyway. You committed at the beginning to the long term. And you did what I think is really important, which is that you learned the trapeze by practicing the trapeze. Versus reading about it, learning about it. I think that learning is so important. Let me get a grip on this space and the few things I need to know to get started. But like learning by doing is so valuable. And I watched you grow this past year and it's just been really incredible to watch you adapt and find your own voice. And it was very clear at the beginning that you were like, let me try this, let me try this, let me try this, let me try this. And soon enough, you started saying, no, not that anymore. No, not that anymore. And you really found your way of working in a very valuable community. I'd love to talk a little bit about the monetization of it, because for you, what I noticed from a consumer standpoint, which may not be the truth, and so I'd love for you to fact check me, is that it looked like what you did was start a very affordable download. But you also had a free opt-in that gave a discount on that download, you know, which got people in quicker. Is that correct? Yes. So I have a freebie that then After you get the freebie, there's a one-time offer to get the digital product that correlates to that. I think it's like $17 off. So it was a really cool way to just test out like what was a no-brainer price for people because that's what I was really testing on TikTok because at the time, TikTok, when you clicked on someone's link in bio, they couldn't exit out to like save that link, right? You can do it now. TikTok allows you to like copy the link and take it somewhere else. But at the time, that was not something TikTok offered. So I was like, okay, how can I give a real one-time offer, not something that like feels like scammy or anything, right? Like it was an actual one-time offer. And like, if they go get the freebie again, they don't get that offer again. It's one time. And that was really cool to kind of test no-brainer pricing because that's kind of what I wanted to like start my brand with is things that would under-promise and over-deliver the hell out of what I was giving people. So that if I did want to do, you know, like bigger programs or masterminds or anything down the line to really help them more, they had my trust already. They knew what I offered was good and they knew that what I was going to give them would always over deliver. Yeah. And, you know, since then, to your point, you now have a mastermind, you have 
what I believe is a bundle or maybe just a bit more of a robust program around digital products. You know, so you have a really proper product suite now. And when you first got on TikTok, you know, it's very easy for people to say, oh my gosh, Abigail, how many followers do you have now on TikTok? A ton, 150, I want to say, right? I'm hoping to hit 100 soon, 100K. I have like 97 something. Okay, so you have 100 there. You have another, what, 45 on Instagram. 58. 58, okay. So you have, you know, this combined like 160, let's call it. And, you know, it's very easy for people to say, well, she's a mastermind and she has this bundled offer let me just call it even i know that may not be correct this like intro offer she has a freebie like she has all of these things it's very easy for her to say she's making 80 grand a month she's taking time off she's doing all these things and i think that people forget that like you have to grow into that right and so you have to compare yourself to someone at the beginning and so what were some things at the beginning that you think really set yourself up for success what would you do again I mean, definitely under promise over deliver, like anything that I sold in the beginning. So my first digital product was my UGC starter kit. And in that one, I literally like 90 pages, right? And I sell it for 47 bucks. I launched it at 35 and then it went to 37 and now it's 47. So like it was a very low ticket thing to give them a a ton of information and just a ton of like information that from someone that's been doing it for many years. And so under promising and over delivering, I feel like people don't do that anymore as much. And I think it's really important because you build the trust with them and they learn to love you. And then now I have students who have literally bought every single product I have launched, right? Like any new thing I do, they're like waiting, lining up and ready to get it. And it's just so cool to see that like it paid off, right? At the beginning, I had people telling me like, oh, you're never going to make enough money selling that type of product. And like my end goal is not to sell a $35 product only for the rest of my life. But you have to start somewhere. And I think in this culture of like online courses and everyone's like, just charge more money, just charge more money. And it's like, you know, sometimes, yes, you do need to charge more money. There are people who are way undervaluing themselves. But also you have to build that trust first. Like I didn't just go into the space and be like, okay, if you want to work with me, I'm this many dollars an hour. No, like I started very low. My one-on-ones to start were $97. Now I don't even offer them anymore. Like I started from the bottom. I built that trust. And then I think something that people miss going on all the time with products and offer suites is that they don't build them in a ladder. So my products are built like you find me here and my products take you on the journey that you're going to go on. They take you on the journey I went on from the bottom to where I am now. And I see a lot of people kind of just creating similar offers that are like on the same level. And it's like, you have to create a ladder almost of these things. And that's something I learned from you, like with product suites, making sure that like makes sense to take them along for the journey that you went on in your product suite. And I think that's why I've been so successful because, you know, it's not a one and done purchase. People don't buy something from me and then never need anything else again. They could, you know, that definitely happens. But I have products for people that go in the ladder of the progression of their business. And that has been monumental for my success. I love with clients, encouraging them to talk to multiple clients, multiple people, multiple types of people in one stage. And I think that there's often the fear that if I talk to someone who is still in a full-time job, not making money yet, still trying to find out what that idea is. I can't also speak to the person who says, oh, I've made 100 sales. How can I make a thousand more? And I always try to tell them, isolate your audience. Like you can say, I'm ignoring you for now. I'm talking to them. I'm ignoring you for now. I'm talking to them. 
I think you've done a really great job at this because first of all, I just I'm so grateful for how much you trust me because you have mentioned such kind things about me. And I don't want anyone to think I invited you on this podcast to be nice to me. But one thing that I always talk about is this idea that you should really stick with an idea for maybe six weeks. And I noticed that you do this and I noticed that you share you know, one product or service. I think it's also important because newer people in your space, if you're selling something more elevated, they know where they can go with you, right? You're kind of showing them, to your point, the ladder of like, here's how you can escalate within my space, but also within your business. And I'll be there to guide you, which I think is super important. But something else I want to kind of share on the consistency level of social is that you do something that I need more people to feel comfortable doing, which is that you share your financial wins. And you do it in a way, everybody should follow her and take notes because you do it in a way where you're not being, I made 5K months and you can too as a business coach or something, right? Like the way that you do it is so authentic. And I think it's because it has so much of you in it where you're basically Mm -hmm. showing people what you can have versus bragging about what you do have. Mm -hmm. You do something really great where you'll say, I made X amount of dollars before 10 a.m., $1,000 before 10 a.m., or I made $1,800 on my day off. And the verbiage around it, the messaging around it is very much like, I'm no different than you. You can also. And so my question for you about that is this money talk. Women have a lot of a hard time talking about money. Has that brought up awkward conversations in your life? How do you feel about sharing money? What's your opinion about that? I love it now, but I used to be so afraid. Like I used to just feel wow, so really? nervous. Yes, it's like so I, I, mean, I grew up for you. I grew up like working for other people. You don't talk about salaries. You don't talk about anything. And then I worked for this lady. I was a nanny for her first, and then I became her household manager. She was like very. They were very wealthy, but she was the most incredible, open, generous person about money. And like she paid for me to go to like a very big Tony Robbins conference. Like she was amazing. It really just like opened my eyes. And it took me several years to like digest it and feel comfortable with what she like opened my eyes to. But just this idea that like money can make good people so much better. And it does make bad people worse in my opinion too. But also like there's nothing wrong with talking about money. There's nothing wrong with wanting more money because at the end of the day, money is freedom. And money gives you the freedom to live the life you want to live. And this idea that like, Making more money means that I can make decisions based on what's better for my family as opposed to, hmm, if I make this call, we can't eat for the week. Like, that's not really a decision. And so this idea that, like, talking about money is not gross. The more we talk about it, honestly, I feel like the more comfortable and the more willing we are to want to make more of it. There are so many women out there that, like, not only don't want to talk about money, but feel nervous to want to make more money. And they feel like it's greedy and they feel like it's gross. And it's just not true. The more money you have, the more people you can help, the more lives you can change. The more, like It just opens up this door. And like I never used to be comfortable. And I actually saw a few people doing it last year, just kind of talking about what they were making. And some of them did it in a way that was like kind of not my favorite way. It can get a little slimy the way some people do it. But just seeing what people were making online and seeing like the potential behind things just opened my eyes so much. So I knew from the beginning that I wanted to be very transparent with my journey and very transparent with like the possibilities of what you can make because never in a million years did I think that I could make like I think I'm my last 30 days it's been over two hundred thousand dollars like I had a big mold thing it's the craziest thing like I had I'm so happy for you like you're so deserving I'm so happy your brain doesn't think you can do that until you see somebody else do it and I have some people now saying like 
that's so unrealistic. And I'm like, it would be unrealistic if I woke up one day and said, I made $200,000 in 30 days. But I have shared from day one. Like my first month, my launch day was like $1,000. And that was like the most amazing thing in the whole world. I had no idea that that was possible. And it took me a whole month to make $10,000 with my first digital product. Like it was not an overnight success. It was not the Abigail, you have to prepare yourself though. Like a whole month to make your first $10,000. It's like, that's a feat though. That's amazing. It is, but like, I'm just trying to make the point that like, I didn't just wake up one day and have a, you know, multi No, no. Multi-sir. Well, you also have launch, a very, but like, you're, you're very skilled. Like we also can't look past the fact that you didn't just say like, I'm going to make it about painting. You've never painted before. Like, you knew the space very well that you were speaking to. Yeah. And I've worked with so many other people. I think a lot of people think I'm an overnight success because like they don't know my background. Like I've literally worked for incredible people in different industries. Like I've been a floral designer. I, I did customer support for a while. I was a household manager. Just like all these things that taught me so many things that I've applied to my business. But I was in no way an overnight success. Like I owned my own floral design business for almost eight years and like never made tons of money from it. Like I loved it. I was passionate about it. But like I did not like it was my side hustle that I had fun with and that I enjoyed. And it led to many other opportunities for me. But just I think taking people along for the journey is so important. And now I have people who are like, dude, I've been following you since day one. And like seeing you hit this is like the most exciting thing. And I love it. And it just makes me feel like it's possible for me. And I just love it. I love taking people along for the journey and not just like one day showing up and being like, I'm successful and you too. I'm like, okay, but how did you get there? I want to know how you got there. And like, that's what I've done. And I love it. It's just, it's so much fun. You know, I always tell people you can make money from high price with few clients or a low price and volume. And I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of low price and volume. I know that you are too. That's kind of like where you found your footing to each their own. Yeah. Everybody's different. But it's just been really, really incredible to see you harness the power of your story, show the consistency. Because really, you have like four pieces of content that you just cycle through. And I think it's such a testament. People need to study your social media to really see that the consistency is what people crave not what bores them. You don't have to be reinventing the wheel every day. But everything that you've done is just really powerful, Abigail. And I think one of the best things for people to understand is that you took a risk and you committed. Do you agree? A hundred percent. I think a lot of people, even some of my students now, because I teach people all about digital products now, and you know they'll have one month that's amazing. And then the next month they're like, hey, I only made like half of what I made in my first month. And I'm like, you also stopped posting content. You stopped you know, showing up, you stop sharing your story. It's like, you have to stay consistent. And I think a lot of people are like, well, you said, or, you know, not me, but like passive income and you're supposed to do it once and never work again. And it's like, that's not what passive income is at all. Like you put in a lot of the legwork first, but then you still have to market your product. Right. And like, I don't run paid ads. So I do everything myself. Like I market everything with organic social media. And like, I enjoy that. I really like that. But you have to like, keep showing up even on slow days, right? Like I don't wake up to 500 to a thousand dollars in sales every single day. Some days it's, you know, two sales or three sales. And I share that, like, I'm very open with like, it's definitely an ebb and flow. But imagine if like I had given up when my first TikTok got banned and I was like four months in, like, imagine if I had given up. It's just the wildest thing. I still remember December, December of last year, I made like 26,000 with my digital products. And I remember thinking like, this is it for me. Like, this is incredible. 
this is so good. And I was like, maybe I should like slow down a little bit and just like enjoy this. And then January came and I was like, hell no. Like, no, this let's is so much go. Fun. Oh, and now like I'm on track to hit a million sales in less than a year and a half, which is just like the words coming out of my mouth. I'm, I don't even know. Like it's the craziest thing. And it's like thinking back, I'm like, imagine if on those hard days I had given up or after that month that was like a whirlwind and so much fun. Like, what if I had just said, you know what, this is hard. I don't want to do it anymore. Our family tree is literally changed because decisions I made. I think a lot of people give up after those first few months and they're like, well, I'm done for. Like, this is a good run. I'm going to give up now. Yeah, like, don't give yourself three months to try. Give yourself a year. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, you have to give it some time and you kind of have to, I don't know, like, see what your audience wants, too. The reason, like, I have such a killer product suite is because, like, I listen to my audience. I listen to what they want. And, like, I wasn't planning on doing a mastermind, but I had all these people asking, like, we want one-on-ones and I just don't have the capacity for one-on-ones. And honestly, I feel like you learn better in group settings, most people, because you can, if you're shy, you hear what other people are asking and can apply it. And a lot of people think all my launches are successful. I tried to launch like an email program where I taught them how to build an email list and people like don't know they need an email list until something happens when they need an email list. And I launched it and got zero people to sign up. Like nobody signed up. I pivoted and changed. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to offer this because nobody signed up. And I like told people, I'm like, you know, you guys all said you wanted it. And when I launched it, nobody wanted it anymore. Well, people don't want to learn email from me. And that's totally fine. Like it's one of my skills. Yes. But there's plenty of other experts out there that teach about email marketing. So just listening to what people want as you build your product suite, instead of being like, well, I want to do this. So I'm going to launch it no matter what. Like there's no interest, drop it. Like do what your audience wants. It's more important to serve them in the way that they need anyway. Yeah. Well, Abigail, I am just so happy to have you here. And I am so happy for you to talk to all of us about this because I hope that if you're listening that you feel fired up. So where can we find you? Where can we fall in love with you? I am on TikTok and Instagram as Abigail Pugh. Yeah, I'm mainly active on Instagram now. I'm trying to get back into TikTok. I kind of like let it go to the back burner when I got fired up on Instagram. But yeah, and I have an email list with killer welcome sequence. So would love to see y'all there. Beautiful. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for re-recording with me and being so patient. Absolutely. We will catch you next time on the next episode of The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. And I'll see you next time. Hold up. Don't leave quite yet. The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a Fast Forward production. To learn more about them, check out at the Women Are Speaking on Instagram for more information.